the Revelation itself is a book filled with prophecy. Matter of fact, it was a chain letter. What's a chain letter? It's a letter that is sent around from church to church. And so, because back then they didn't have all these Bibles like we have. Like I've got probably 25, 30 Bibles in my house, right? Well, I came a preacher too. I got a whole shelf of Bibles and my dad gave me all his old Bibles. And so I look at it and, you know, I reference this and, oh, oh, dad put a note there. Hey, what did dad write? Hey, good thought. You know what I'm saying? I like that, that we pass it down. And then when I die, I'll pass my boys. I'm like, oh, look what, Papa, look what dad, you know what I'm saying? So isn't that great? I like that. And so, but all these Bibles, so then, back then they didn't have that. They just had these, these uh, papyrus or these little booklets or these big scroll, whatever they had, and they would just have it. And so this one letter that came around was this revelation that John wrote. And so they would stand up in church like this, and they would say, Revelation, they would start reading. Now, it didn't have Revelation 1, 1, 1, 2, 1, 3, 1, 4. That was added later. So it was like a letter. It was like you wrote a letter to a friend. They were handwriting the letter. And so they would read it, and you go, the reader, the reader, okay, the reader would start. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to him to show his servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his attendant, the servant John, who testifies that everything he saw, that is, all the way to chapter 22. Even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen. You go home. <laughs> they read the whole book. So how do you grasp that? Right? When you hear the letter, I had a lady come one time years ago to our, one of our churches, not to our church, but to a church we attended, and she knew the whole book of Ephesians word for word. So she got up and she quoted it verbatim, word for word, the whole book of Ephesians. And so I was sitting there thinking, that's exactly how this book was read to each church. They went to, you know, the, the church of Ephesus there or, or Smyrna or whoever, right, Thyatira. They would sit up and they'd read it. Amen. Got to go. Got to go to the next church. <laughs> Hello, church. And they'd read it again, right? So that's how this was portrayed to the people long ago. So when you hear a letter, you're not going to grasp everything, right? But you're going to get the overall theme, right? And so and I'm lucky that we have it now to where I can look at it and read it and go, Oh, this piece, that piece, this piece. You see how that kind of is? Isn't that kind of neat how this worked out for us, that we'll be able to have that? And I'm starting to think, okay, some things that John's writing that he saw, Daniel saw the same thing six or 700 years before that. See, God never changes, right? And now it's 2018. If you see some things that are on the throne, guess what? It's going to be the same. So it was written by Apostle John to encourage the saints in the New Testament church. Words of encouragement. It's a book of last things. The original audience was those seven churches, which were 150 miles in radius as far as they were really tightened it together there in Asia Minor. The purpose was to reveal what must shortly come to pass. What an amazing book. Now let me give you some tips real quick, all right? When you read Revelation or any prophecy, let me help you some things to avoid, okay? Things to avoid. This will help you. Some of you may not like this, but some of you are real analytical. You like to research things and, and like to put things down. So let me help some of you that like to just study, all right? Let me help you. 
um, when, you, when you look at interpreting futuristic passages, um, that something that a prophet has said, a preacher or as far as uh, a prophet back then or even now, says is automatically, you say, is automatically a prediction of the future. Well, it may not be, but it may, it may, what well, it may not be as well, because why? You never assume that it's the future. It may have just been very well for that time and that time only. Number two, that a prediction of the future had to come to pass as stated. So he says something, it's got to come to pass just like this. No, because it may have very well been conditional based upon those at that time or even now. So the Lord says, if you do this, I'll do that. Well, if you didn't do that, then guess what? He ain't going to do that. Does that make sense? Two. Number three, that a promise or a prediction has to be fulfilled literally. It might have been meant that way, but some predictions are symbolic. It is as much an error of hermeneutics to interpret symbolic passages literally as it is to interpret a literal passage symbolically. If you get into that, there it is. All right, inspection time. Here's Jesus in chapter 1. Now, I know you already know this because I gave you the assignment to read chapter 1, and so you're just like, I've got it done. I've read chapter 1, so let's just get in there and just look at it, right? You're like, ah, I forgot about that. So, no. But here is Jesus. He's seeing Jesus. He's seeing the person, Jesus. It says here that I, John, your brother and companion, verse 9, in the suffering and kingdom and the patient endurance that are ours in Jesus was on the Isle of Patmos. We learned that last week. Verse 12, I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me in verse 12. And when I turned, he saw seven golden lampstands. Okay, he saw seven. When he saw those seven, Amongst the lampstands was someone like a son of man. So he saw Jesus walking amongst these seven candlesticks. I just kind of try to picture that. Picture that. He's walking amongst the candlesticks. What's he doing? Is he, you know what he's doing? He's inspecting the church. And later on, maybe next week, we'll get to the letters he wrote and said, hey, Ephesus, hey, Smyrna, hey, Thyatira. He's going to actually write a little small letter to them and say, this is what you're doing. This is what I want you to do. You're lacking here. You're doing this. And so I'm thinking to myself, if he was walking amongst those seven churches, if he came here in today and walked around, what would he see? What if he walks inside your house tomorrow when everybody's gone but you? What would he find? What would he see? Right? Isn't that kind of eerie? Everybody's gone. It's just you, just quiet. Nothing really to do. What do you do? Right? Well, you always go back to what you always do, your habits. You got any habits? Yeah, I do. Floss my teeth and make the 
coffee and 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 everything's kind of cleaned up a little bit and make sure this is like that right make sure the bed's done got got the tub the wife cleaned off and, right and then, and then there's nothing to do I mean what, what do I do now and I have to get the TV that's boring and what would Jesus find you doing you know what I'm talking about right yes who you are when no one's watching what do you do when no one's do you have that little bit of snuff? Right? Right? Maybe not. I mean, no, not us. We'd never, we'd never. That makes you throw up. I tried that once when I was a kid. My uncle was like, yeah, here's some. And I was like, I threw up like, I mean, it was, it was the worst. Oh, my gosh. Right? And I'm sure there's some things my boys did that I don't know that they did, you know. Or a cigarette, or I don't know. You know, I don't know. You know, what do they do? You know, you know, I don't know, right? I don't want to know, right? I don't want to know. They're older now. I don't want to know anything about it. Just don't tell me. I don't, I don't want to know, right? We all have stories, don't we? Don't we all have stories to tell? Yeah, we do. And well, let's just go and dive in. I mean, I'm already kind of. I just want to. This is just a great little snippet here. So here's John. He's he's on the Lord's day. He's having this vision. What's that like? Is it like he's kind of half asleep waking up? Because like, it's almost like I have all my dreams, like the 30 seconds before I get up, and my eyes are probably, my eyes are probably going, <laughs> and then you wake up, oh. right? How is, what's it like for you when you have your time with the Lord? And So here he is, he says, I turned, and someone like the Son of Man was dressed in a robe Verse 13, reaching down to his feet. A robe reaching down to his feet. Now, first off, he's in a robe, right? You always think Old Testament, right? Bible, everybody's in a robe, right? Well, this is more like the priestly robe. And on that robe, he has this, what is it? Like a, yeah, a golden What's that kind of give you a picture of? Like maybe a priestly, like a priest? Like, like someone who's in authority? But the part I like is it doesn't cover his feet. It's like it, it's like it, you still see his feet. Why does he do, why is it not all, because you know, like, I was thinking about the other day, I thought, well, when people are in weddings, don't they just, you never see the feet. They're like the, the, the you know, the bride's like, oh my gosh, the big veil, the big old dress. It's like, you gotta have three or four people kind of, you know, shake it out, the, you know. You, you know what I'm saying? You gotta, they, don't turn because, whoa, it's gonna, you're gonna fall, right? I mean, they, what, a, what a disaster that would be. And then someone's gotta carry it around before she can go down that, you know. It's like, oh my goodness. And, and so, you know, what's gonna happen for you ladies when you get married? It's gonna be a big, I don't know, you know, it's craziness. And so, or do you just write a little, you know, little song girl? I don't know, whatever you want to, you know, it's up to you. It's, it's your wedding, and it's your day. And so, but, I mean, he has this, you know, you ever thought about that? I'm sure you do. And so, who's it going to be? Oh, my gosh. What's, what's this going to be? You know, what's this going to be? Yeah. So, I don't know how I got out of there anyway. It's just, but he, he's the head of the church. He wants us to see his feet. He wants us to see those nail marks. 
He wants you to know, I kind of did something for you. I kind of kind of been there, done that. Did you want to get a little more of a look at me? Look at that. He's the head. He's an authority. And that's why I always check in with him every day. Like right now, I, have, I said, Lord, I have a clue what to preach on. He goes, well, this is, this is where we're at in the book, but we need to talk about this. I'm inspecting the truth. Yes, sir. Tell him I'm going to look today and tomorrow and the next day. I'm going to continue to inspect the truth. He says, matter of fact, this whole book is full of judgment. You know, I don't like that. It's like, you know, everything you know, this just happened. It's like, oh, my gosh. Is it? He did, but he just can't help but be who he is. You ever thought about that? God is other than what I am. I know, here he goes. He's going down that theological trail. Is he not? Thank God for that. He's holy, I'm not. So therefore, he has to take care of what I goober up, right? Does he not? And the thing I don't get is when you read through Revelation, and this is part, he pours it out. He's just taking, come on. He wants us to repent, and then it gets all done, and it says they don't repent. Hundred pound hailstorms. Hundred pounds? How big are they? A hailstorm. Hell, hailstone, right? I mean, killing people. And all of, I mean, and they still don't repent. I would be like, oh my gosh, right? I'd be like, forgive me, God, right? I mean, can you imagine? Your whole car gone. I mean, one hailstorm. You know what I'm saying? Well, in the book, it's 15 times mentioned about him being the judge or judgment. Judgment against rebellious nations. Judgment against the beast. Judgment against the devil. Judgment during the millennium. Judgment of the rebellious earth. Judgment against Satan thrown into the lake of fire. Judgment at the great white throne judgment. It's just full of judgment. And it does begin with what? The house of God. It says in 1 Peter 4.17, for it is time for judgment to begin with God's household. And if it begins with us, what will happen? The outcome of those be those who do not obey the gospel. Why in the world does he start with the house first? Why does he judge the house first? He wants to keep us away from the wrath coming. He wants us to be what? On the straight and narrow. That's what he wants. He wants us to be on the straight and the narrow. So there he is in his garment, and that priestly in the gold, and the, he's, the, he's the head, he's, he's in authority, he's, he's a judge, he's the king. And then he says there in verse 14, he says, His head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes are like blazing fire. Look at his head and hair. That tells me, that he's ageless, he's deathless, he's eternal, and it never ends. He is eternal. He's the, what they call the ancient of days. Remember that song? Yeah, we know that song. It's a great one. Oh, ancient of days. That's the same person that Daniel saw in Daniel chapter 7. He says, I looked and there were thrones set in place, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. 
Oh, ancient of days. Those words went through my head, that song. The song. His clothing was white like snow. His hair and head were white like wool. See, this is Daniel. Nothing's changed. Guess when we get there, guess what? His hair is going to be white like wool, right? He'll be sitting there on the throne. What are you going to be doing? Huh. Take my crown off. There you go. I'm going to bow down. Daniel saw the same thing. Absolute purity. A picture of purity, a picture of a patriarch of the whole church. God himself. Eternal the element of eternal fatherhood. Then you have these eyes, these eyes of fire. So he's sitting there, and he has these eyes of fire. You wonder where the where the movies get these, you know, these crazy movies, the demonic movies, all those eyes. Are, you know, no, no, this is the true penetrating eyes of the Lord himself. Eyes of fire. I had a fire going yesterday. I know it's 50 degrees, I know. I still had it going. Now, I got close to it. Even 102 is kind of like, ooh, that's kind of nice. It's just hot. And the closer you get, the hotter it gets. I had to reach in to move something. I was like, oh, yeah, it's hot. Ooh, hot. Remember I told you that little story about me chasing Pastor, is it Kirkpatrick Kilpatrick from the, from the Brownsville Revival? He was at Awake America, downtown Dallas. He came with Steve Hill, who's passed on now, run the throne, seeing this very thing we're talking about today. He's there seeing this. I'm like, this is crazy. But I chased him around down below. He was praying for people. There was the whole arena was so many people, thousands and thousands. But I was up top. I went, I don't know who I was with. I, was like, I said, I'm going down, and I'm going to have him pray for him. I'm going to have him just touch him. They're all like, good luck. All right. I went down there. I was just, I was, I was going, th- I was going to, I was going to have him touch me, pray for me. It took, I don't know how long I was down there. Hours. I would go this way. He would turn. Oh, man. And I was like, excuse me. Get on the, oh, four or five down the floor. I'm like, gosh, I'm step on them. And I'm like, oh, no. He's over. Oh, gosh. I'm going to get over there. I'm trying to get over here. And like, all right. Now I'm back on trace. All right. There he, there he goes. Yeah. Oh, he turned. Oh, he turned. Oh, there he goes again. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And so, about two hours later, it must have been, finally, it's like, I'm like, right here, he turns, he turns, and his eyes met mine. That's the last thing I remember. Bam! Now, if you don't understand that, what just happened? Was there something about, he was like super guy. What, what? No. The spirit of Almighty God was so heavy in his, that the man prayed endlessly for years. At night, he just, he just, he just you know, honey, I'll be back. He'd go to church for hours. He, just, he prayed for years that God would just do something. And he, he was, you know, you know the spirit of God's within you, right? When he turned and those eyes met mine, it was like Jesus' eyes himself. It was like, bam! It was like, I went, down. I don't know why I went down. I just went down. But every time I read in Scripture that, that something happened, they see Jesus or they see the Son of God or they see an angel, they, they always what they go down to the dirt. Why? Because our physical bodies can't handle the glory of God. The glory is so heavy. The kabod is so heavy 
You can't stand in the presence of God. So we're going to be probably crawling to the altar. It's going to be, right? Well, look at John in a minute. He bites the dust. I can't even see. I don't see that that way somewhere. Okay, I'll keep going. Keep going. Here's, oh, here's boys. Oh, my gosh. Come closer. Yeah, I'm coming. Wow. John's seeing this. Does he have one of those things like they do up there in, in, the, um, in the last little, little squinty eye things? Like you can barely see the light, you know, the little. I mean, because you can't see. He's seeing this fella, this person. See, I want you to catch that. This is about a person. Okay? You don't just serve someone who's like a power. He's a person. He's personal. He wants to know you so bad that he's going to tell you about himself right here. He goes, this is what I'm going to do. If you don't love me and obey me, that's what I'm going to do. Oh, or better get right. Well, you better because I'm going to come and check you out. And how many of us need that? Some of us don't do well unless we know someone's coming to check. Like right now, you don't know, but if I come to your house like right now, like after church, you'd be like, oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. But if you knew I was coming today at 1, oh, you probably won't be at church today. <gasps> right? Because you don't want me to see your house like it is now. But, but some of you need to know that he's coming. Does that make sense? Some of you need to know. He's already there. <laughs> he already seen it. You may want to go back home and clean it up a little bit. You may want to. You may want to. And that thing you got hidden, he already knows where it's at. He already knows. Sorry. I gave it up. Sorry. But I thought I was hiding it from mom and dad. Yeah, you're hiding all that. His eyes, it says in 2 Chronicles 16.9. 2 Chronicles. Wow, that's way back. They run to and fro throughout the whole earth. They run to and fro. They don't just walk. They run. He's pretty awesome, by the way. Flame signifies his ability to search out thoughts, intents, motives. That's why when I read this Bible every day, guess what it does to me? It looks at my thoughts my motives and my intents. He goes, oh, because I sometimes have an objective, don't you? Don't you have something, a motive, you, you know, right? Sometimes you just don't do something because you're like, oh, I just love that person so much. No, you're doing it because you got a motive. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or do you know what I'm saying? Is this out of pure love for my neighbor to help them? I just want to come bless you. So no, really, you want their yard cleaned up. You're just tired. You're tired. You're tired. It's the eyesore of the community. You're just tired. And you have two things of paint. Would you please just paint the house? Do something. You do anything, right? Oh, I just wanted to bless you. Just paint the house. 
No, you, you want them to paint their house. And here's a brush or two. I'm coming right now. Just paint right now. Right? Yeah, such love. Such wondrous love. That God should love a sinner such as I. Man, I need a God. Oh, how about Hebrews 4? Let's get New Testament. Oh, I'm a New Testament saint. Oh, Pastor. oh good. Well, listen to Hebrews 4. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before his eyes. I know, that's a good thing, right? Let's pass up his eyes. Let's go on. And then it says that in verse 15, his feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace. I've never seen bronze glowing. Now, I've seen metal rods running through a thing that's so hot that they turn it into a, uh, a car spring for the cars. It would come through there so hot out of the machine. It would come down the line, and, 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 the, and it would hit a machine, spin it, and then the guy would grab it with this big old long with gloves on. He's hot. He grabbed it, make sure it was pigtail, and then it turned, and I was like, this thing is hot, and then it dumped into a thing of oil. I don't know how that worked out, but then it cooled it down in oil. I thought it was just catching fire, but no, it just cooled it. But his feet are like bronze glowing in a furnace. It's a symbol of strength, endurance, and swiftness. You know, we always think, you know, Lord, he's like, man, if he would just, would he just, would he just do something? But when he does something, <laughs> it's going to be quick. It's going to be fast. Because those feet are going to be swift. Because why? That's a picture of that. And a matter of fact, it's kind of tied to that Old Testament story, which we're going to do next week or a couple weeks for the kids, Numbers 21, where all the people were complaining. They'd already had food every morning and food at night, but they still said, we detest this miserable food. They were ungrateful of what they had. And the Lord got mad, and he sent venomous snakes amongst them. So the Lord did that. I don't like snakes. Especially the kind of have a kind of a the uh, angular head to them. Those are scary. And when they coil up and they start making noises, I mean that's even scarier. And some of you guys have to go out and hunt those things. Rattlesnake roundup. I mean whatever. It's like James is staying home. I mean why, why would you want to do that? Doesn't make any sense. They do have those kind of times. They they do. They go round them up. But he sent snakes. And they bite people, and they would die by the thousands. And Moses went to God, as they always did for the people. Thank the Lord for that, right? Thank the Lord for people who pray for people. And so he prays, Lord, stop. And, and the Lord says, okay, make a snake, a bronze snake. Now, hush, stand. Put it on a pole. Anybody who looks at it, he'll look at it and limp. They made a bronze snake, put it on a pole, and they carried it around. And you were bitten. Oh, 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 look, look, where? Oh, oh. You're okay. Because see, every eye is going to see you. Every eye. It just depends on your status. It depends on your belief. It depends on where you are how you're going to be affected, but you must look at the servant. You must look at Jesus, the one who purifies, and ask him to purify you. 
and he does. Verse 15 continues on, talks about what? His voice was like the sound of rushing waters. Later on, it says it's like a what? Like a trumpet. Wait a second, I thought it was like rushing waters. No, not like a trumpet. You ever heard trumpets? They line like about 10 of them, bam. They, those guys could blow those trumpets, man. They were loud, and one guy always turned it sideways. I was like, oh, my gosh, he's got it with it. Get that thing going. Then Daniel says his voice is like a voice of a multitude. What are these guys trying to say? Later on in Job, it says his voice is like a loud thunder. Isaiah says, like a sound of a whole bunch of hearts. Well, who in the world, what are they, what are they talking about? His voice when he speaks is much like that voice that Peter, James, and John heard when they were on that mountain of transfiguration. Remember that? They went up there with Jesus. Come on, guys. They went up there, and all of a sudden, Jesus just started glowing. I mean, that's weird, right? White. It's like, oh, my gosh. It couldn't hardly. And then all of a sudden, Two other guys showed up. Who were they? Moses and Elijah. That's right. And Peter's like, I got a good idea. I got a guy. I got it like Peter. He's all of these out there, right? Peter, Peter. He's so disoriented. I know what I'm going to do. Jesus, I'm going to build a shelter for all one for you or for you. Oh, whatever. And this big cloud comes over. And out of this cloud, the voice spoke. This is my son. With him I'm well pleased. Listen to him. Guess what he's still saying today in the book of Revelation? Listen to him. Let me say it again. Listen to what he says. What's he saying in this passage to us today? He's saying that he's everything. He stands in your midst. And he's inspecting you, but he wants you to know why he's doing it. Why do parents discipline their kids? Can't wait to hurt my kid. <laughs> no! We love him to death. That's why he walks amongst them. He goes, I love you so much that I don't want you doing that. Hello, Sardis, what are you doing? <laughs> Matter of fact, they're doing the same thing. Hold on, stay right here. What are you doing? I love you so much. You ever seen a parent grieved by one of their kids that has just been doing something just, just horrendous? It just breaks their will. I mean, it just you just see it like, oh my gosh, why? Can you imagine seeing like the mother of a person that went around and, you know, Killed 15, 20, 30 people. I mean, that's just horrendous. It breaks their heart. How can someone do that? Now, this part here in verse 16, we'll get to finishing that. In his right hand, he held seven stars. Now, I got there this morning, and the Lord reminds me, says, go get that book. I don't have that. I'm busy reading. Go, go get the book. I don't want to get up. I've got my coffee and I'm reading, I'm preparing, I'm reading. Go get the book. All right, go get the book. 
It's this book. It's in my library. You know how the Lord speaks, right? This book. He says, read it. All right. He goes, remember that Psalm 23? You know Psalm 23? Right? Well, this person named Philip Keller was a shepherd, and he wants you to know what it's like to be a shepherd as it reflects on Psalm 23. So we get here, and we see this right hand holding stars. Okay, okay, it's a right hand. I said, I don't remember anything in this book about right hand. He goes, you better read a little more. I said, okay. So I'm reading this little book. About that time, April sure wasn't going to get the Pop-Tart. All right, I'm busy right now over here moving. So every shepherd boy, from the time he first starts to tend his father's flock, takes special pride in selection of his rod and staff, exactly suited to his own size and strength. So they go out and they get their own sticks. They go get their own wood, and they carve it the way it fits them perfectly. Like their rod they have, it's like a little round thing, like a little stick, and it, it fits this pretty thing. It, oh, it fits right here. And he can, he can grab it. He can grab it and throw it. It's a, it's a rod to, to hurt things, kill things, and to, to help things. Like, say, a sheep's kind of getting out of the way, wandering away. Oh, there it goes. There goes that one sheep. And he would throw it. Bam, hit the sheep. What the word? Get back. Oh, sheep, dumb sheep. You know, dumb sheep. Oh, everybody's like, we told you not to go. I told you. <laughs> right? 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 Did we die? How many of us know sheep that have left the flock here? We told you not to go. We, I told you that would happen. Hit him again. Right? How many of us have been hit in the head three or four times finally get us back? Hello? We're all like sheep have gone astray. Right? Isaiah 53, right? We know that, right? Yeah. What when they throw that the rod part? They throw it? It's carved in such a way that it makes a whistle sound. Did you know that? And it says in here that it's an extension of his right arm. That's what the guy said. I went, ha, ha, ha. He goes, yeah. And then he goes, remember, I'm the line of David? Yeah, Jesus, I know that. He's talking to his corner. He goes, what was David? A shepherd. I'm going, I know where you're headed with this. He goes, well, about time, James. Yeah, I told you we'd get the book. Tell my people. Okay, I'm telling them right now. And so I'm telling you. And so he goes, and by the way, remember in the book of John? Yeah, I'm the good shepherd, James. Any good? He's holding the stars in his right hand. And when his sheep get out of control or out of line, he's got a couple things there. He's got the rod, which he'll use if he needs to, which is really his word. Bam! Hit you with the word, right? Or he'll use the rod to grab you back or to help. But here's the other thing. In Deuteronomy, you know what they did with that rod? This is great. I love this. Because I do it with April every night. I comb her hair with the comb. I comb her ears out every night. This is what the Lord does. When the sheep would come back in every night, every sheep that would come back into the, the little pen area, Every one of them, they would take that, and they would make sure just one at a time. Whoa, just one. They'd take that, that rod, that, that, that staff, whoa, one at a time, and they'd run their fingers through the wool. 
don't be, because sometimes underneath the wool, there's things that shouldn't be there, mites and things and ticks and other kind of little stuff, just stuff, right? So he's, he's combing his hands through there because he wants to make sure that sheep's okay. Every one of them, he'd run right through. He's inspecting the sheep. Now, every once in a while when I'm combing April's hair, I'll catch a little kink. She's like, she wants to bite me. She's like, I'm like, stop. I'm like, I get it, I gotta get it out. Because if I don't, you can look, I got a picture of my your ears are all shaved. I go, look up, look, it's gonna look like that. You look, you look real weird. Now you're beautiful. There you're looking weird. So, I mean, what do you want to look like? And so I, I so she's I'm combing it through there, because why I, I know if I don't comb it. It's going to get bad. He knows, if you don't understand it, he knows if you don't check it out, you could have something, and then the next few days, it could be really bad for you. You see what he's doing? He's walking amongst the candlesticks, and he's got the stars in his hands. Well, who are the stars? Well, later on it says it's the spirits of the churches, so we're just thinking maybe it's the elders, the pastors, or the chiefs. He's got the really the whole church in his hands. You know the little, he's got the whole, well, yeah, 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 you know, you know, right, right, yeah, I know, it. He, he's got that, right, right? And, okay, I got the book, and it's all, it's all in there, it's all kind of good stuff, too. Power, protection, authority. Mm-hmm. Yep, great provision, right, his hands, I mean, he's doing all kinds of things there. And then his countenance, verse 16. His face was like the sun shining in all his brilliance. He's the source of all light, you know. He's the source. He's your source for whatever you need. Amen? I mean, he's your source. And I know for my family, we need him because it's like every week something's going on. I'm like, I don't know. And it's like, but the Paul says this morning, he's saying something through all of this. Let me say it again. And I'll reiterate that. He's saying something, and maybe we're not listening. Maybe. Because, you know, we're busy people, right? I mean, how, how, how many hours, well, maybe I should say minutes, how many minutes this week did you spend listening to the Holy Spirit? saying he's speaking we're not listening he's the son of righteousness in malachi he's the son the light of the eternal city in revelation 21 he is the light and matter of fact moses spent so much time with the lord that he glowed matter of fact what you should be glowing if you're not glowing i can tell i can tell if you've been in the word or not just by being around you remember the girl in the postcard office, postcard at UPS, I just step in. I'm like, whoo, she is glowing. Whoa, because she's been studying the word, praying the word, singing the word. She's in there, well, she's having a good time. Like, oh, my God. She's glowing. You should be glowing. And then when Moses would spend some time away from the Lord, the glory was faded as it was, fading though it was. Guess what? You have to get daily doses. 